This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, welcome back to it. Second half of the show is underway. Uh, Trevor Clifton, newest member of the Ottawa Titans, six foot four right-hander, pitched a little bit in the Mexican League a couple of years ago. Uh, spent seven seasons in the Chicago Cubs organization. Uh, he's been brought in to be a part of the rotation for the upcoming season, getting underway in May in the Frontier League. As uh, well, spring training's well underway, right? MLB in Florida and Cactus League as well in Arizona. So we're, we're in the baseball season here. And by the end of this month, we're into the, the regular season of MLB. So baseball is uh, is almost nigh. So we're going to talk a little baseball with uh, Trevor Clifton in our next segment. Dean Brown's going to join us coming up at 1. Dino's in uh, Seattle with the Sens off day today. They'll practice tomorrow, take on the Kraken late Thursday night on TSN 1200. And uh, in case you missed it last night, uh, not only did they lose 5 nothing to the 31st-place Chicago Blackhawks, but the Ottawa Senators also played the game um, without Cam Talbot, who was the scheduled starter, took the morning skate. Then in the afternoon, um, it was determined that uh, Cam Talbot could not play, could not even dress. So Matt Sokart started. Kevin Mandelazy was uh, scrambled to Chicago, made it during the first period. They were in an e-bug situation until he arrived. Um, and now we uh, wait for more word on uh, the severity of the injury to Cam Talbot and probably uh, get a bit of an update that, on that tomorrow. But uh, Mandelazy is now on the trip. So like it was a few weeks ago when Talbot was still out and after Forsberg was hurt, um, the battery in Ottawa is Sogard and Mandelazy, the four games left on this road trip. Uh, Seattle, and they've still got to play uh, the teams in Alberta and, of course, the Vancouver Canucks, who are playing uh, much harder these days under uh, Rick Tockett, and we'll see what that looks like when they roll through Vancouver as well. All right, we'll get back to your text messages at 12-1200. Standard text message rates apply. On tomorrow's show, Kenny, going to tee up the Players' Championship. Tee times are out. Uh, our pal Fritchie's going to stop by and give us his thoughts and give us a few picks here of how he thinks it's going to play out. Uh, because so many Canadians have their cards these, these days, there are six Canadians in the field. Uh, in order of when they tee off, long-hitting Taylor Pendrith is going to be off at 7.12 tomorrow morning, and he's going to start on the 10th tee, or tomorrow morning, on Thursday morning at TPC Sawgrass. He'll be off on the 10th tee to start his uh, first round. And then a couple of Canadians are going to play together, off the first tee together at 7.34. It'll be Nick Taylor. He'll play with Corey Connors. 7.56, Adam Svensson. 8.18, Mackenzie Hughes. And at 8.40 off the 10th tee, Adam Hadwin. So there are the uh, Canadian tee times for a TPC Sawgrass. Players' Championship gets underway on Thursday. And the one thing, um, the signature hole, as we all know, is 17, the Island Green. And what's cool, Kenny, every year, you can just go to PGATour.com, and they have a, a dedicated page. You can just sit there and watch that hole all day if you want. That's beautiful. If you like watching car accidents, if, if that's your thing. Yeah, carnage. Right? It's great. Yeah. You're cheering for chaos. Yes. You can just sit there and watch pain. If you enjoy watching pain, you can just sit there and watch everybody play 17 rolling through. 
which is somewhat sadistic, but sometimes that's, that's your thing. Like, that's kind of like uh, the fandom of our good friend Lee Versage, right? Do you think that Lee would be the most likely to pull that move off, to just watch that camera the entire day? If you went Out of everybody and, here? Yeah, if, if, if we kind of went through the power rankings of that guy, if you're that guy or not, uh, who's most likely to sit there and watch a lot of that, I think Lee's the number one seed. He seems to take as much pleasure, if not more pleasure, in athletes that he despises or teams that he despises not doing well than athletes and teams that he loves winning. Yeah, that, I, I, that, that's a great point. It's accurate. I just don't know whether he'd just be rooting for people, the random people and random PGA Tour players to fail. I think that if he, he could follow around somebody that he hated the entire day and just watch them and cheer them to do bad and do bad things, I think he'd choose that over watching Carnage and everybody, the potential of random people doing poorly on a whole. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we'll get into it more tomorrow. Uh, Fritch, you'll join us for a full tea up here, but those uh, the tea times, all the tea times are out. And by the way, I know you're not dialed in half paying attention is tiger playing no tiger's not playing in this he he still maintains his goal is just to play the majors every year and maybe a couple of other events between his leg and his back he says that's his reality and that continues to be his reality so he decided against you know playing in the players championship so no tiger uh this week at tbc sawgrass a couple of other uh nfl notes i wanted to like i thought we were done here did you see Rich Eisen's comments, the combine? The way the way he 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 tried he couched it and couched it and then he couched it some more. Okay. But this is where this started. He dabbled in Brady talk on what he heard while he was in Indianapolis for the combine. So Eisen has a a weekday show, okay, as we know, in the States, and yesterday. He, he kind of put it like he's not saying Brady's telling people he wants to come back. And he isn't saying that Brady intends to come back. But he just mentioned that there was a lot of speculation in Indy at the Combine that Brady could be willing to return if the right situation arises and this led into, could it be Miami again? Like he was linked to Miami in 2020 and again in 2022. That's where we touched on it briefly last hour when I wondered, Hey, the jets are talking to Rogers tampering. Do they have permission? Well, Sean Payton and all that with the dolphins and everything with Brady there was no permission granted. There were tampering. That wrists were slapped, as we know, during that time. Um, apparently, Brady's two kids, two of his kids, are living in Miami as well. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't dispute for a second that Rich Eisen is making. I'm not saying he's making any of this up. He's passing along. He's plugged in, and he was there at the Combine. And there was a lot of talk amongst people that would be in the know, obviously, that 
he respects the opinion of that we're bringing this up. Can you imagine if we're not done with Tom Brady? Could he do this again back-to-back years? You can't, right? Especially after putting out that video saying, I understand, I can't do it second time, I don't get a big thing this time. He, he, I think he's pretty self-aware, Tom Brady is. I don't think you can do this again. And you don't make that decision two years in a row. I mean, unless you're Brett Favre to, to well, do that's that. What I mean. It's yeah. happened before. It we, we've seen false starts. Look at Sugar oh. Ray Leonard in boxing. I still think Sugar Ray Leonard might fight again. <laughs> How many times did he come out of retirement? I don't know. I really hope he doesn't. I really hope he doesn't. Once was enough to come back. That false start. Okay, I get it. You made a, a premature decision, and you want to come back. But to do it twice, I, you would have to learn your lesson. You're old enough where you should be able to learn your lesson after one go round. There was no rush for him to to come out and announce his retirement. There was no pressing issue that he needed to announce his retirement at that time, was there? It's just, let it play out. If if you really don't know, let it play out and and see where the, the wind takes you. I really hope he doesn't doesn't come back again. I love watching him play. I really hope that uh, I really did enjoy watching him play, and it would have been nice to see him continue. But now that he's made his decision, stick to it. I hope he doesn't come back. All right. Well, unfortunately, it, it's been floated again. That maybe we're not, we haven't seen the uh, the last of Tom Brady. Okay, Kenny, uh, before we go any further, I should have done this right away. We're well past uh, coming back to start this segment. Have you selected a winner? And if you have, who is that winner's name? I did select a winner. My memory says that it's Tim. Tim is the winner. Tim. And double-checking, yes, Tim is the winner. He knew that Corey Cowick was one of four Ottawa 67s or Ottawa Senators draft picks to be selected out of the Ottawa 67s. And he's the only one who played for the Oshawa Generals as well. Okay. So better in English this time. What is that winner winner's name or who is that winner? Tim. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, Tim. <laughs> Corey Cowick, who is uh, back in town. He settled back in the Ottawa area. Good guy. We should reach out to Corey at some point. Yeah, he came up to uh, – he stopped by the – well, broadcast row at the arena at TD Place not too long ago with his son Camden and uh, stopped by to say hi. He used to play softball against Corey in Orleans. He has since stopped that, but uh, trying to recruit him. So maybe this could be a recruitment tool to oh, okay. join uh, out of the blue for the upcoming Beer League softball season in Orleans. But uh, yeah, he's doing very well uh, back in the area. And uh, yeah, one of uh, one of the nice guys around the, around the 67s of a uh, year gone by. All right. With that, uh, let's take a quick break because uh, our next guest will be uh, waiting patiently just when we return on the other side. We're going to talk a little baseball. Ottawa Titans have brought in another player, new pitcher, 27-year-old right-hander Trevor Clifton, uh, formerly spent many years in the Chicago Cubs organization. Most recently played a little bit in the Mexican League. Trevor Clifton was signed today to join the Titans. We'll talk to him next on In the Box on TSN 1200.
This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. In the Box continues on TSN 1200. 12.26 as we uh, continue on. Dean Brown's going to join us from Seattle coming up at 1 o'clock. Is he, uh, after the loss last night in Chicago, sends her off today. They'll practice tomorrow. Going to play the Kraken coming up on Thursday. A late one for us, as we'll have it, of course, as we always do on TSM 1200. And um, I keep saying it here. Um, the, the the snow will go away, folks. We will uh, we'll be golfing. We'll be into baseball weather, all kinds of stuff, including another season of uh, Titans baseball. Let's talk some baseball right now. To the Gabriel Pizza Hotline we go. We welcome in uh, right-handed pitcher Trevor Clifton, who has just been signed to join the rotation with the Ottawa Titans. Trevor, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I appreciate you all having me on. Well, thanks uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Trevor. So uh, tell us the, uh, the Trevor Clifton journey in uh, professional baseball. Spent many years with the Cubs organization, a little bit of time in the Mexican League, uh, and now you're signing with Ottawa. Yes. Uh, so I played about seven years with the Cubs and then hit free agency and went to big league spring training with the Diamondbacks. Threw some innings there and then uh, got released through COVID, went to Mexico, and then uh, got released over there and came back here. And I kind of came back home to East Tennessee. And I just so happened, a guy from California, uh, the name is Eugene Bleeker, and he runs 108 Performance, which is a very in-depth pitching facility, hitting facility. And I've pretty much been training and working here with him for the past year to kind of uh, see what's going on with me. I had a lot of success in the minor leagues, but I didn't know why. And and now that I've been training for a year, I kind of understand why. What was the experience like going down to to Mexico? You weren't there for a, a ton of time, but how, how? What was that life experience like? Oh, it was different. It was, it was a lot different. It was a good, the culture shock, but uh, I enjoyed my time down there. And, I mean, there's people, great people there. And, you know, it's just like the States. You know, you could find your good people and you could find your bad people down there. But All right, we're we're, we're good people here you're talking to right now. I'll just let you know when you come to Ottawa, Trevor. It's all good. Um, I want to get – I found it interesting you're talking – okay, so you knew you had some success – in the cup system and and you didn't know why right so obviously you, you've got some raw talent are you telling us that the process that you've gone through for the last year have you kind of figured out um you know what works for you and you, and you understand your mechanics more uh is that what we're talking about here so you you've got a better home base and you know what works for you yeah i'd say i have uh i mean i i just say i'm completely different pitcher now uh whenever i started training over here I'm now throwing from two different arm slots. Uh, you know, I'm up to the velo I was whenever I was drafted, which I struggled keeping that velo. Um, you know, I was a starter throughout the seven years over there. But, yeah, I just say as a whole, and I think I've just matured on and off the field where I kind of understand what i got to do to get there. And, you know, and I'm happy if my career ends right there in Ottawa. I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, it's just the journey that God took me on. 
it, obviously you don't have any regrets, but is that something that you wish you had discovered sooner or somebody had brought to your attention sooner that you were able to, to kind of maximize your talent? Um, at first I struggled with that, but, um, not, not really anymore. Like I know this is my journey and my journey is going to help other people. So as long as I could help someone else get there in my place, then, then that's okay. And, and also, you know, speaking with Trevor Clifton, a new member of the Ottawa Titans, th- there are many examples uh, of players, especially pitchers, because um, everybody's always looking for pitching, right, in affiliated baseball that come play in the Frontier League and play well, and they catch on again here. You're only 27 years old, and you said you're fine if, if this is going to be it here, but y- you have to be thinking, seeing this as, as a great opportunity because there's always somebody watching still. Oh, 100%. I'm okay because I know, you know, I know God's plan for me. But obviously, yeah, I want to go back and play. But I'm also okay knowing, you know, if that's going to happen, and if I can help someone else while I'm there get there, then that's okay with me too. Trevor, what do you know about uh, about Ottawa and the the league that you're coming to? Um, a whole lot of nothing. I'll tell you this: it's it's 23 degrees Fahrenheit right now. Trevor, are you ready? Are you ready to come? Uh, oh, after you said that, I don't know. I'm no, I'm just kidding. I'm ready to come. It's only March 7th. Don't worry. By the time you're playing ball here, that's great. You'll it'll it'll it'll, it'll be all good here, uh, Trevor. So the the Frontier League is going to be bringing in a lot of the same rules that we're seeing in Major League Baseball, and as a pitcher. Um, what are your thoughts on this disengagement rule where you can only step off the rubber a couple of times and then it, it'll give the advantage to the base runner how many times you can throw over and also the pitch clock, right, which is also on batters to be ready to hit here. You know, how, how much is, is that going to kind of change the dynamic of your position, whether you're trying to hold a runner on or how quickly you're going to come to the plate? Yeah, uh, so in the facility, we talk about that a lot, is uh, how the game's changing so much. So I actually love this topic. Um, but I think the pitch clock is okay, but my, my thing is the reason why. Why do you want to speed up the game? Because the game's no longer than a football game. And, and in reality, it's no longer than a football game. So what are they trying to do, produce more ads? or You know, there's got to be something behind it, money or something. But – the pitch clock rule, I think players will always find a way around whatever they're doing. Just like we seen Scherzer the other day, how he held. So, yeah. Do you? I don't. Baseball to me, and obviously you've dedicated your life to baseball, so you're you're a massive fan, and it sounds like you're a, a student of the game. I. For me, it's different than football because on football, you know that you're going to have something happening every 40 seconds. In baseball, you can go an entire at-bat without, yes, there's pitching and there's catching, but without a significant action play. Is this just trying to get the ball, with with all the rules that they're doing, to get the ball out and to get more action plays going in Major League Baseball and just trying to generate a little more interest for a casual fan, unlike uh, somebody like you who's dedicated their life to it? Yeah, I think... Baseball is not meant to play at a fast pace. I mean, you get those hitters in there and it's fast play, fast pace. Yeah, they might 
make a little bit more contact, but it's not going to be the home runs the fans want, and it's not going to be the doubles and triples the fans want. So I think if I mean if you're going to do something, if you don't if you don't want to stay all nine innings, just leave in the seventh. You know, I mean people don't stick around. People enjoy being at the ballpark, and that's the reason why they go. Yeah, they love watching the game, but they enjoy the atmosphere. They enjoy, you know, the past of baseball, and and that's why they're there today. Just, I, I want to ask you. No, that's not that's, that's you know that's that's a more than a fair opinion. Like it's like we've had this discussion on the show uh, a few times, and, and Trevor, I've kind of likened it to um, baseball of all the team sports, right? The big team sports does not have a clock, right? Uh, all these other team sports, that's that's real life. We have a fine, finite amount of time to accomplish what we need to accomplish, and the, and the clock runs out. Baseball, it's it's kind of uh, poetic. It's 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 not kind of real life in that way. It's only when you you keep doing it until somebody fails at it. <laughs> you keep getting your opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it's it that's what makes baseball special. And and I can understand. I can get maybe tweaking rules for fan interest, but. That is part of it that does make it stand out, you know, from uh, from so many of the other the other team sports. Um, just before we let you go, I want to back to the. Have, how much thought have you given to how you're going to hold runners on now with that disengagement rule, as they call it, which is basically how many times you're allowed to step off the rubber for any purpose during an at bat? Um, have Have you started thinking about the cat and mouse game that could be going on when you've, you're trying to hold a guy on first base? Uh, I've definitely thought about it, and that's something that I'll be working on in spring training is, you know, kind of implementing those new rules and seeing, seeing how far I could budge the rules and get, and get away with what I could get away with. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely something that I think we're going to have to look at in spring training. Uh, just uh, a, oh, sorry, Lodi, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Kenny. Uh, uh, just a, a couple more for you here, uh, Trevor. Your, your thoughts on the shift and banning the shift uh, and and the impact that that will have on the game. Um, I think it'll have an impact. I don't think it'll have an impact as much as we see because I think I've seen a shift where they bring the left fielder into right field. So you can still shift the outfielders. You just can't. You got to have two men on each side of the field and infield. So that's just pretty much tweaking the rules again. Is like now teams or leaving that left field open, which, you know, it's it's give or take at that point. But um, as far as those lines, I think it's just implementing what you can implement. And Trevor, the last one from me, what do you think of the Savannah Bananas and the impact that they're having on baseball there? They've gone viral. They've uh, manipulated the rules and are now, uh, they're a hit in, in some parts of the country. <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the way that they've gone about trying to bring new people into baseball? Yeah, that's, uh, I think, I think it's awesome what they do. At first I was a little skeptical. I was like, oh, that's a little cheesy. But I think it's good what they do. They bring a lot of kids to the ballpark and, uh, the kids love them. You know, even, even our age people, you know, they, they love being around those guys, so. If the fans love it, there's worse that they could be doing. So I, I like it. If you were going to a Savannah Bananas game, would you bring your glove and try and make a catch to perform an out, uh, being catching the ball in the in the crowd, and and have that be an out against the uh, the way the away team? Uh, no, there's no chance. I've been a PO for too long. So. <laughs>
I don't know the last time I really caught a ball that high in there. So. All right, we'll uh, we'll leave it there for now. Great to uh, to have you on here. Before you know it, uh, we'll be uh, having baseball back here uh, in Ottawa coming up for another season of uh, Titans baseball. So uh, uh, welcome to Ottawa. Look forward to uh, watching you play for the Titans uh, this summer. Thanks, Trevor. Yes, sir. Thank you all, and thank Ottawa. There's uh, Trevor Clifton, uh, newest member of the Ottawa Titans baseball team. So we almost had to bail. It, 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 a little windy wherever Trevor was for a stretch there, but I think we powered through, Kenny. I think it's all right. We made it. Oh, I got to hear some birds in the background, too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, it was great. Uh, it, that that got me ready for spring. You saying, oh, the snow will melt at any point now, uh, at some point before we get to summer. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But hearing the birds chirping away in the background, yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, it's uh, he's in Tennessee, uh, so a little, little, little bit nicer, the weather. A uh, little bit ahead of us here, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Like I, I am fascinated with how that's going to play out. Um, in the major league level and all levels of baseball, these new rules, all these unintended consequences, or the there's going to be new games within the game, and and Trevor's dialed in. Obviously, he brought up the Max Scherzer that we saw just a few days ago, of of how he used the pitch clock and drained it just enough and did a quick pitch and got an easy out because of it, and uh, little things that'll go on between the pitcher and the batter, but also they're trying to increase base stealing. And they've they've given a distinct advantage with how many times you can step off the rubber, and you know how that's going to play out is is, is going to be interesting to me. All right, thanks to the Titans setting that up. There is uh, Trevor Clifton, newest member of the Titans, twenty-seven year old, six foot four right-hander, played a little bit in the Mexican League. We could have went on. It sounded like basically COVID derailed his career, and I think that's happened to a lot of professional athletes that were still trying to ascend and climb, no matter what sport they're in, and. Now he's uh, taking another crack at it here with the uh, with the Titans. We're back in a moment on In the Box on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, 1246. Dean Brown's going to join us coming up in our next segment. Also in the 1 o'clock hour, we'll have another code word for you. Also in the 1 o'clock hour, we'll have more tickets to give away this time to the Sens and Flyers game. A four-pack of tickets uh, will be on the table. And back to uh, a little bit about the Senators and what's next. And what's immediately next is Thursday night in Seattle after last night's 5 nothing loss in Chicago. Uh, then the road trip continues. This is a five-game road trip that began last night. And, Kenny, as you project out, so that game against the Flyers, that's a bit of an almost an anomaly, what's left on the schedule, 19 games. This is a very difficult schedule. Senators have a lot of games against quality teams, teams that are currently in the playoffs, some that are firmly entrenched, very good teams. And the uh, the Flyers game is one of the few games they have left in their schedule that is against a definite non-playoff team. Uh, so, another one like last night that uh, you hope that, because you can lose when you play well. I think that's the most disappointing part about last night. Sometimes you lose. Sens could have played well last night, and got to give the other team credit. Maybe Chicago's having a really good night, and their goalie plays great, and you lose the game. That's normal. That can happen over the course of an 82-game season. You don't always lose 
because you suck. But last night, that's why they lost. <laughs> they lost because they made their bed, the Ottawa Senators. Chicago was not generating anything by themselves. Nothing. The only offense that they got were high-quality opportunities thanks to careless play. And here, just take the puck, please. We're just going to give this to you. Here's another odd man rush. It's not like, here come the Hawks. Oh, we, we, need, we need a bump-up shift here, guys. we got, we got, we got to stem the tide. They're coming at us in waves. Nope. There was none of that. You never had a sense in watching that game last night, Kenny, where you thought that the the Sens are being overwhelmed by an opponent that was just playing better that night. Hang on, maybe we can find a way. It was just like we're just we're just giving them these opportunities. Yeah, just and we keep doing it. Shotgun right at your own foot. That's what they were doing. Turnovers at the blue line, both blue lines. Just it, it was. It was one of those games that's entirely frustrating to watch because you know that there was so much more potential there and and no, they weren't outstanding, but they were in no way that they should have been trailing in that situation had they just taken care of the puck. And if they had taken care of the puck, that should be uh, a win. If we're being honest, they take care of the puck and uh, find a way to get by Stalock a little bit. It, you can turn things around quickly in a, in a game like that, especially when you're not trailing and then pushing and trying to, and then you're making more mistakes trying to push and cheat to get more goals and more offense. Uh, it just, it one thing led to another and just incredibly frustrating to watch and can only imagine what fans have been feeling after going on a five-game winning streak then that. And yes, there are going to be blips, but you'd hope that those blips aren't in games where you need to pick up the two points because, as you referred to, uh, the upcoming schedule is not easy. It is not easy, especially when this team has not played well on the road over the course of the season for the most part. And it's been uh, more of a grind on the road as as it is most for most teams. But uh, they, they have not put themselves in an envi- enviable situation heading in uh, to the next four. Nice to see that uh, our pal Josh is calling me out again. He doesn't think I'm reading enough text again, which is probably fair. Josh, Lloydy the Beauty, let's go to some text. Blah, 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 golf, blah, 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 Tiger, blah, 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 Brady, blah, 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, blah, 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 Corey Cowick. Okay, let's go to break. (laughs) That's what Josh heard. Hey, blah, 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 we talked to Trevor Clifton (laughs) of the Ottawa Titans this hour as well, Josh. Don't forget that as well. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you, Josh. Always good to hear from you. Um, the news is in on Ryan O'Reilly officially. Um, at least confirm he had surgery four weeks. Uh, four weeks is the timeline for Ryan O'Reilly with the broken finger, and he needed uh, surgery on that. So that makes sense. When you go on LTIR, you have to miss 24 days and 10 games. So the Leafs knew it was going to be that at least. So he goes on LTIR. The good news is uh, for Ryan O'Reilly and the Leafs and Leaf fans, He's going to be back in time to get some games in before the start of the playoffs. So that's that's a that's a best-case scenario. Good news. It's a good news day on something that probably was, oh, how long is this going to be if you're a Leaf fan? Um, and I'm sure heal up a couple other bumps and bruises. The way that he plays the game, it's not yep. it's not easy. So you, you get a month off. Not that you want to take time off, but it could be a blessing in disguise. 
He was already out for a stretch, though, before. He just got healthy with the Blues from a previous injury. So I guess he's going to be really fresh. Hey, there's your positive spin, Lee Fence. 32-year-old Ryan O'Reilly, who plays the game hard, um, will not have beat up his body too much this season because he hasn't played a heck of a lot. There you go. And it shouldn't shouldn't put him in the, the complete running for the green jacket. I think he's gotten himself out of that situation. Yep. So that's uh, that's good news for him as well. Um, it is encouraging news for the struggling Tampa Bay Lightning as well. Victor Hedman had to leave the shellacking that Tampa took at the hands of the Carolina Hurricanes over the weekend with an injury and did not return to the game. Uh, John Cooper has updated his star defenseman status today. He is considered day-to-day after he crashed hard into the boards after taking a hit from Andrei Svechnikov. So didn't look good. Left and not return. Team struggling. You're thinking, oh, boy. What if Hedman's out? Well, he is now listed at uh, day-to-day. Not practicing. So could miss a little bit of time here, but it doesn't sound like it's too serious, which is uh, good news for the Lightning, good news for Hedman. Um Good news for John Cooper, who is, uh, seems to be at his wit's end lately with the, the benching of the three stars for a period on Saturday as they're losing the Buffalo. And you're thinking, all right, message sent. We're good to go. Then you get pumped 6 nothing by Carolina. Now, Carolina's a great team, but still. And Hedman gets hurt in that game. So we'll see what's next for the Lightning. We had Josh Clipperton on. I think you asked him the question. is Because they're going to play the, the Lightning again. The Leafs are. Is this the year? Maybe it sets up a little bit better even for the Leafs with a matchup because the Lightning have, they've really hit the skids here. Coaches benching stars, getting pumped by a good team like Carolina, but still. But then again, we, we they've, they've got time. The Lightning have, there's enough games left in the season that I guess if you're uh, a member of the Lightning or a Lightning fan, you're thinking, well, better now than with five games left in the year. You feeling this way about how, how the team is trending? Yeah, and, and that's where you want Hedman to be back sooner rather than later in a complete opposite scenario from the Leafs with Ryan O'Reilly, who are playing some decent hockey, haven't had since the beginning of the year that, that too big of a blip. And you know what you, you're going to get. The only issue for... O'Reilly is to get used to playing with his new teammates, and you want to have that happen. But for the Lightning and Hedman, you need him back in there to right this ship and to make sure that you can get things back on track and that this doesn't stay prolonged uh, heading into the playoffs and that you can get back into some some winning hockey and playing much better hockey than what they have been as of late. Uh, all right. Uh, we can tell you that the Belleville Senators have made a, uh, a trade, Kenny. They did. Yeah, they sent out a defenseman, and I lost the tweet. It's Xavier Bernard, who's only been on an AHL deal. Xavier Bernard has been uh, been traded to the Bakersfield Condors, and that is the Oilers uh, affiliate, because they 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 do have a they have had a glut of defensemen in Belleville. So uh, 
clearing it out just just a, a little bit, just shuffling things around, and they bring back a forward by the name of Graham McPhee. So, who is George yeah. McPhee's son? Oh, there you go. As Gordy likes to say, the rivers run deep in hockey. So Graham McPhee, now a member of the Belleville Senators, uh, Xavier Bernard, has uh, been shipped off to Bakersfield. All right, let's take that top hour break. We'll talk more about the Ottawa Senators and all things NHL. Uh, with the voice of the Sens here on TSN 1200, settled in in Seattle. Off day. We'll cover a practice tomorrow, and then it'll be a next game day coming up on Thursday. And this uh, extra day break between games is one of the very few times that happens between now and the end of the regular season. The Sens are packing in their final uh, 19 games of the year. So this little break will not happen much more the rest of the way. We'll talk to Dean all about that. Last night's game, the look ahead. That's coming up next on In the Box on TSN 1200.